Sealing God's People at SealingGodsPeople.org on your podcast and hope you subscribe with your host, Dennis Beard. On the 19th of January, 2019, the Lord visited us there and in that visitation, uh, lasted about two hours, uh, the word of the Lord came and said, seal my people by my word as the angel ascending from the east. Having the seal of the living God, so send I you. Uh, that was very profound. And I know we're living in the last of the last days, but that sealing there is definitely essential and the urgency of it for the people of God, the church of the living God, to stand in the time of judgments, in the time of God's famine, pestilence, sword, and noisome beast. Now, we're nothing but shoe shine boys, pop the rag, shine your shoes, not of our righteousness, our all holiness, that God does these things, but for his name's sake. So we're servants of the Lord Jesus Christ for you. We're talking about that ceiling and the glory that is to be revealed in the saints of the living God. We find that in Revelation 7, he talks about there's going to be the four winds strove upon the great sea, but it's going to hurt the sea, the land, and the trees. And then he said, hurt them not until the servants of our God are sealed in their foreheads, the mind of Christ. And I heard the number of them that were sealed. The angel from the east having the seal of the living God. And uh, that's ascending higher and higher in glory. And Michael, a great prince, is standing for the children of thy people. Here in the last days, we're going to see a Manaha'am. A Manaha'am is a double count. That in time of Jacob's trouble, we're going to see as he's meeting Esau, he sends gifts over to Esau, but then there's a double count. Not only Jacob, but also a band of angels. We're going to see that in the last day with the church of the living God that we are also have these angels which we do not worship in a voluntary humility worshiping of angels including those things which he knoweth not mainly puffed up by the fleshly minds and lose our reward. But these are spirits, angel spirits, which are ministering spirits for them who are heirs of salvation. So the work of the ministry is what we're focusing upon, which the body of Christ is called for, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry. And he puts the perfecting of the saints there first, that if we purge ourselves from all of these dead works to serve the living God, that will be vessels, meet for the master's use. Now, we have been told that cherubim are angels, guardian angels. They guard the way of the truth tree of life but we strongly disagree with that and as we get into the word of God the path of the just is as a shining light that shineth more and more into the perfect day so we have more light than what they had 10 years ago and certainly more than they had 2000 years ago it's been progressing from faith to faith from glory to glory we take a look at Hebrews 9, Paul writing to the church, and we see in Hebrews 9 and verse 1 through 5, 
As we take a look at that, we're going to see the work of the cherubim. Now, the cherubim are going to first be mentioned in Genesis 3.24. After the fall of Adam, by one man's disobedience, sin came to the world, and death by sin. Therefore, by one man shall my servant make many righteous. As the offenses of one, so also is the free gift of one. So a man lost it, Romans 5. Only a man can redeem us back. God is spirit, cannot die, cannot be tempted. Therefore, God looked for a man and was marveled that he could find none. Therefore, he said, my own arm brought salvation unto me, God said. His own arm. So God prepared his own body of flesh and blood, his own human, in order to redeem man back unto himself. Now, that is the doctrine of Christ. And if you have not tuned in to that podcast or sent in for the CD or the DVD, please do so. The doctrine of Christ is fundamental. It is the foundation of the church of which everything else is built upon. Now, the work of the ministry is built upon that foundation of Christ, in Christ, and through Christ. It's nothing but him. It's all by him and through Christ that we do anything. Just as Paul said in Galatians 2, uh, 20, that I was crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. So Paul said to live is Christ. But to do that point where Christ is shining through you as a light to the world, we must, as believers, crucify the flesh with the affections and the lust in order to purge ourselves from these dead works to serve the living God and be a vessel unto honor. Now he gave gifts unto man. He gave some apostles some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, until we all come into the unity of the faith. The unity of the faith there is not a denominational creed. Matter of fact, God is literally going to call all his body into one, not a denomination over it. The Lord has never ordained a denomination, never has, never will. But the whole body in heaven and earth is named that name Jesus, for as many as been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. This unity of the faith in one mind, one accord, speaking the same things, which is over, I think, something like uh, 23,000 denominations on the face of the earth, uh, something like that, which is just unbelievable that many different creeds and doctrines and dogmas uh, there in various uh, beliefs on the true and what the true Jesus is and the true gospel. But this gospel of the kingdom, the true gospel, the real Jesus, will be preached in all the world for witness in all nations, and then the end will come. But he gave the apostle, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, and we're focusing now on the work, the work of the ministry. It is for the edifying of the body of Christ until we all come to the unity of the faith and to the knowledge of the Son of God. 
It's very important to know the knowledge of the Son of God is not just knowing Jesus after the Spirit and not after the flesh, having the Holy Ghost or Christ in you, the hope of glory. It is epigonosco, not just gnosco. Epi is much higher in glory. It is to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. It is unto a perfect man, unto full maturity. And that is the only ones, and those are the only ones, that will be used in the last days for the work of the ministry. Therefore, there is a new thing that God is doing. It is not revival. You see, in Hosea 6, verse 1 through 4, he talks about, Come and let us return to the Lord, for he hath torn, he will heal us. He hath smitten, he will bind us up. It's God that does all these things in judgment to get our attention, not to destroy, but to bring people back to him in the knowledge that he only is God and there's not another. God said in Deuteronomy 32, I kill, I make alive, I wound, I heal. I, the Lord, do all these things for what reason? That you may know that I am God and beside me there is no other God. There is no God junior. There is no spirit junior. There is no second person of the Godhead. So, in the last days, God will do a work, a strange work, and bring to pass his act, his strange act. It has surprised the hypocrite because it is an overflowing scourge. And people laugh at it, especially at Christianity at this time, at this season, upon the face of the earth. Don't mock at it, lest your bands be made strong. The bands of your heart be made strong, just like God hardened Pharaoh's heart. For I've heard of the Lord of hosts, a consumption decreed upon the whole land. A consumption? A consuming fire? Not to destroy, but to separate the righteous from the wicked, the holy from the profane from those that serve God versus those that do not serve God. The consumption decree will overflow in righteousness. For all that is left in the land shall know God from the least to the greatest. The knowledge of the glory of the Lord will cover the earth as the waters cover the seas. But there's a great work. It's a work in judgment. It is a work that will be manifest in and through the world through the gospel of Jesus Christ, the real Jesus, bring preached unto all the world for a witness unto all nations. But it's also a time of trouble. Pray that your flight be not in the winter, neither on the Sabbath day, for then shall be a time of great tribulation, such as was not ever a nation, neither shall ever be again. And except those days be shortened, there shall no flesh be saved. But for the elect's sake, God has shortened those days. And he speaks of the abomination of desolation. Matthew 24, Mark 13, Luke 21. Whosoever readeth, let him understand. So it takes the understanding and the leading of the Holy Ghost to understand the abomination of desolation is because of transgression, because we've sinned against the Lord our God. We've hewed out other gods, which are not gods. It's a work of man's hand religions, seducing spirits, doctrines of devils, false prophets. And this is the reason why the Lord's judgment is coming. 
and is upon the face of the earth, and it will become greater and greater. Famines, pestilence, sword, noisome beasts, not to destroy mankind, but he promised that in the days of Moses, the Lord descended upon Mount Sinai and the mountain burned with fire. Moses said, I exceedingly fear and quake. But now the Lord hath promised, yet once more, I shake not only the earth. There was a great earthquake there, a great shaking. The people were scared. Told Moses, Lord, Moses, you talk to the Lord, but let us not go up to him. And the Lord now, he spoke here in the earth and descended upon that mountain that burned with fire. And so much as anyone touched that mountain was thrust through with a dart. But now the Lord hath promised yet once more, I shake not only the earth, but also heaven, that all that can be shaken may be shaken, may be removed as of things that are made. Everything that is man-made will be shaken and removed. There's a sifting going on among the nations. Amos 9, verse 9, Not the least grain will fall to the ground, but I'll destroy all the sinners of my people by the sword, which say no evil shall prevent nor overtake us. That evil is wrought, tribulation, trouble. For Mr. Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots, says, I said a queen, I am no widow, and I will see no sorrow. I will have no birth pangs. I will have no travail or tribulation. And because of that, God said, I'll destroy you in one hour. So this work of the ministry is what God is preparing us, the body of Christ, for right now. It is not Pentecostal as we know it. It's not church as usual. It's a higher glory and a radical change. So radical a change that it requires new wineskins. The new wine must be put into new wineskins. For if you put the old wine there in a new wineskin there, and they say the old wine is better, then it'll burst. The new wine must be put in to new wineskins. That old wineskin, you can't stay in the old Pentecostal way and movement and put new wine into it because it is a radical change. We must there follow on to know the Lord is going forth as prepared as the morning, and he will come to us as the rain, the former, Acts the second chapter, and the latter, what is coming in the last days. It's the last great rain of his strength. But the people and the believers that say, well, we don't want anything new, for the old store is better. And they will not go on to the new thing. They find that the ministry and ministers are asleep. Awake thou that sleepest. Howl thy drunkards, howl. Cry, for the new wine is cut off from you. It's a new thing that God is doing. It's not revival. It's not the Pentecostal church as we know it. This is a new thing, totally new, and a radical change. And we're going to take a look at what that means that we must see, hear, and believe it. And then this earnestly contended for the faith that was once delivered to the saints. This faith is faith as a substance of things 
hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith is these things, but it requires us to go on to perfection, which is reaching forth to the things which are before. These things that are stored up, paid for by Jesus on the cross, yet we as a body of Christ have not experienced it as yet. Paul put it this way to the church of Philippi. I'm not perfect yet, neither have I already attained. Now, Paul wrote for 14 books of the New Testament of 27 books and said, I haven't attained yet. I'm not perfect yet. And then he goes on and says, I'm trying to apprehend that of which I'm apprehended of Christ. The Lord is that spirit. I am that I am. It is that fullness of Christ. I'm trying to apprehend that of which I'm apprehended of Christ, Paul said, forgetting those things which are behind, reaching forth unto those things which are before. Those are the things of faith that still are to be revealed in and through the body of Christ. Pressing toward the mark. Now that mark is not an aloft Beth Agamel. It's not the beginning of the race. It's a tab. It's the last letter of the Hebrew ABC theory. It is overcoming to the end, enduring to the end. And that requires faith. And to know these things. And we find in the book of the Revelation that the devil, that old Antichrist, has power and prevails against the saints. Now, not uh, that power that he gets is from the dragon, gives him his seat and great authority. But no more than what God allows. Because, O Assyrian, the rod in their hand is, is mine anger. The staff in their hand is God's anger. The Assyrian, the rod of mine anger, the staff in their hand is my indignation. In other words, the Assyrian, the Satanicharib that was going to destroy Israel and Hezekiah was nothing in the world but a saw in God's hand, an axe in the hand of God. He said, Saul, can you saw by yourself? Axe, can you hew by yourself? You're nothing but an instrument in God's hand. And the Lord said, did not I say I would do all these things? Because he is God, he foretells you and forewarns you of things to come that you may know that he alone, Jesus, is God. Jesus only is a true God in eternal life. So the works of judgment and the righteous judgment in these last days will be to reveal one true, real Jesus. Not a trinity, not a binitarian tunis, not a oneness doctrine where the man is not God, but is seated at the right hand of God, but not God, but has God in him. But the true Jesus only doctrine that he alone is God. He is that Christ that is the spirit of God, the Lord of glory. And who made himself a body of flesh and blood in the days of his flesh and died buried and was rose again to redeem us that were under the law and then went back to his former glory being glorified by the father's own self with the glory he had with him before the world was John 17 5 the height depth length and width of Christ is Christ is God he is that spirit he is the father of glory 
That's a mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ in Colossians 2, verse 1 through 9. That full acknowledgement of the mystery of God, he is spirit. And of the Father, he is that one spirit. And of Christ, he is that spirit. Regardless if he was manifest in flesh and took on the form of a servant made in the likeness of men, Philippians 2, 6 through 8. He is still, always has been, and always will be God. Christ is that eternal spirit of God. That's the height of Christ. The depth is he became a man. The word was made flesh. And that word, logos, was made, gononomai, flesh, sarka. That is a body of flesh and blood with a rational soul and a human spirit just like us that were under the law and Adam after the fall. Jesus became our kinsman redeemer. That is the depth of Christ. He's one of us. He went back glorified with the Father's own self. Acts 2.36, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that same Jesus whom you crucified, that man, God hath made him both Lord, Jehovah God Almighty, and Christ, uh, the Holy Ghost. Now Christ is in us. That's the length and the breadth of Christ. Christ in each of us in the body of Christ that have repented, baptized in the name of Jesus Christ and uh, that born of the water and filled with the Spirit of God, the Holy Ghost born of the Spirit, according to Acts 2.38. If you've tuned into the podcast, you know that we have, the body of Christ should have at this time partaking of four feasts of the Lord. These are the Moed, the divine appointments of God with man. God's appointments with mankind, there is seven feasts of the Lord, not feasts of Israel, not the feast of the church, but feast of the Lord. There in the first season of Passover, we have the feast of Passover, feast of unleavened bread, feast of first fruits. Jesus is that Passover lamb. He died. Then he was buried, unleavened bread. And that feast of unleavened bread is no leaven. He's declared to be the Son of God through the Spirit by the resurrection from the dead. Feast of first fruits, he's raised from the dead, declaring that he is the Son of God, God manifest in the flesh the Father revealed, the image of his singular person. Hebrews 1, 1 through 3. Uh, Jesus said, I am my Father 1, John 10, 30, John 8, 24, except you believe that I am he, the Father, you shall die in your sin. And then he came to us on Pentecost, the Spirit of Jesus Christ in you, the hope of glory. Jesus said, destroy this temple, my temple of his body, and in three days I will raise it up. Jesus rose his own body of flesh from the tomb. There, four feasts of the Lord, Passover, unleavened bread, first fruits, and feast of weeks. Now, how do we get into it? Well, we got into the feast of Passover. We repented. And there, Godly sorrow worked the repentance unto salvation, not to be repented of. Repentance is not salvation, but leads us to salvation. There is the first feast of the Lord. 
many people have uh, repented. There's a great work done there. In every feast of the Lord, there's a higher glory. And there's a great glory there when you repent. But there's more for you. And some have gone on, been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And that's the Feast of Unleavened Bread. What? Know you not that as many as were baptized into Christ was baptized into his death. Romans 6, 4. That the body of the sins of the flesh might be destroyed. Romans 6, 1 through 4. How did you have the body of the sins of the flesh? How did you get that cut off? Destroyed by baptism. Colossians 2, 10 through 12. Through the circumcision made without hands, the circumcision of Christ, that the body of the sins of the flesh might be destroyed by baptism through faith in the operation of God. God takes a spiritual scalpel. You invoke the name of Jesus. He cuts off the foreskin of the heart in the spirit. That's the only way a person can believe with the heart, not with the mind, with the heart. So therefore, in the first three feasts, is repentance and baptism in the name of Jesus Christ. That's buried with him, feast of unleavened bread, and you're raised in the newness of life, the body of the sins of the flesh destroyed by baptism, born of the water, and that's a feast of first fruits. You have partaken of three feasts. You're going to receive the Holy Ghost with the outward evidence of speaking in other tongues, seven Shebas, seven weeks, and on the morrow, and that's the feast of Pentecost, 50 days, and now you're born of the Spirit. You simply obeyed Acts 2.38. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. You're partaking of four feasts of the Lord. Now we're in the third season or the fifth, fifth feast of the Lord, of which there are seven, but we're now in the Rosh Hashanah. We're in the Feast of Trumpets. We're in the new thing. That new year, the Rosh Hashanah means the head of the year or the Feast of Trumpets. And it's a midnight cry. Behold, the bridegroom cometh. He's coming. And the night is far spent, the day's at hand. What do we do? We're looking at the work of the ministry. The perfecting of the saints through the fivefold ministry is for the work of the ministry, through the, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Till we all come into unity of the faith, bringing everything together in one, which is the mystery of God's will from the foundation of the world. In Ephesians 1, it says the mystery of God's will from the foundation of the world has been to gather all things together in one in Christ Jesus. And that bringing it into one is to the praise of his glory, not of ours. When we talked about the mystery of wisdom, that hidden wisdom, which was only in Christ, Colossians 2, verse 1 through 9, in him, in him dwells all wisdom and knowledge. It's hid. Why would God hide it? Because it's only going to reveal to them, be revealed to them of a pure heart. For in him is hidden all treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Somebody said, well, we can just eat the, uh, the hidden manna. We can just grab that white stone. Where's the new name written? 
No, it's only through obedience in believing for the time to come. In a total different season than Pentecost. In the Feast of Weeks, Acts 2, the second chapter of the book of Acts, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come. Pentecostals, if you have had that Pentecostal experience of receiving the Holy Ghost with outward evidence of speaking in other tongues, just like they did, that is Pentecost. And they call the people that's had that experience in the body of Christ Pentecostals. They say, Brother Beard, are you one? Yes. Take another first four feasts. But now we're going into the fifth feast, which are tabernacleist, a higher glory. Not for any of our righteousness or holiness, but through him, by him, and in Christ, which is a far, far higher glory for the Lord is that spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. We all with open face in the body of Christ. Beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image, not a lesser image. The same image from glory to glory. Not by us, not by our works, even by the Spirit of God. To the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. To the image of Jesus Christ. To the praise of His glory. And that's what we're talking. A radical, radical change in the body of Christ that it will not be church as usual. It will not be the same Pentecostal revelation. It'll be far higher. Will it be different? No. Leaving there the first principles of the oracles of God, let us go on to perfection. Hebrews 6, it didn't say forget them. It didn't say that, that these are lies and that not the truth anymore. Yes, they're truth. The foundation remains the foundation. But we build upon that to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So leaving therefore the first principles of the oracles of God, of Christ, let us go on to perfection. Lot laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works. Well, that's repentance. And faith toward God. That's how we grow. The doctrine of baptisms. What is the baptism of the Holy Ghost? There's a baptism in the name of Jesus Christ, born of the water. And uh, there we are to be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be ye filled with the Spirit, which means constantly being filled with the Spirit daily on a daily basis. Growing up into Him in all things, the path of the just is as a shining light that shineth more and more unto the perfect day. So what are we talking about? We're talking about if there's more, do you want it? If there's more glory to be had, do you want it? Do you want to be pleasing to God going all the way? There was a man that had five talents. Another was given two talents. And another given one talent. All of these were believers. All of them had the same opportunity. But you have to minister according to the ability that God giveth. And to whom much is given, much is required. The one that had five talents put it out to the exchangers and got five other talents. The other one that had two put his out to the exchangers and received another two talents. But the one that only had one talent went and buried it in the sand, in the earth. 
And uh, there, because he knew the Lord was a hard, austere man, and he went and buried it. Well, when the Lord came, and he reckoned with his servants. Now, we're going to have the servants of God seal in their forehead. And what we've done with our talents is going to determine whether or not we're sealed in apocalyptic seal in Revelation 7 or whether we're not going to be pleasing and he says depart. It'll be entirely up to us in obedience of faith. You're saved by grace through faith. But grace, Romans 5, reigns through righteousness. It's not just alone that grace reigns and that's it. No, grace reigns through righteousness, which is a compelling force of the Holy Ghost with its effect upon your heart, your spirit, and your obedience for the outward reflection in life. In other words, uh, that they may see your good works and glorify your Lord Jesus in heaven. It all depends upon whether we obey obedience unto righteousness or to be carnally minded and bring forth work sin unto death because of unbelief. Notice that the Lord, whenever he reckoned with his servants, which is what he's doing now, for the ones that are pleasing to God will be sealed in Revelation 7. Seal the servants of our God. Servants means obedience. The ones that had five talents, much was given. But they received another send five talents and said, Lord, here's ten talents. The Lord said, well done, thy good and faithful servant. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. And of course, the rewards in heaven will be according, different rewards in heaven according to their works, which the Lord will give rewards at his coming the second advent. Then the one that had two talents, the Lord reckoned with him, reckoned with his servant. He said, Lord, I've got another two talents. You gave me two, I have another two. And the Lord said, well done, thy good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over this. And he said, now enter that to the joy of the Lord. But then he reckoned with that other servant. I had one talent. He said, Lord, here's this one talent you should gave me. I went and buried it in the earth because I knew you were hard, man. You you uh, reaped where you hadn't sown and you gathered where you had not strawed. So I went and buried it. And the Lord was angry with that servant and said, Thou wicked and slowful servant. Uh-oh. Well, certainly saved, didn't he? I mean, just because he was slowful, he was as easy in Zion. Woe be unto them that are easy in Zion. Jesus said, I'll search Jerusalem with candles and punish all them that are settled on their leaves. We as the body of Christ has to be stirred up. Those that do hunger and thirst after righteousness and obedience unto righteousness and those that do hunger and thirst after righteousness, that thirst is literally just pressing with every diligently seeking the Lord with all of our heart, soul, and might. Not just, well, I go to church on Sunday and God knows that I have to work and pay bills and I have the cares of this life, deceitfulness of riches, and I have to have some pleasures. But it chokes the word and it becomes unfruitful. So we're speaking of those 
that have a desire in their heart and knows there's an urgency and a compelling of the Holy Ghost that there's more. And they want it. And that's what we're here for. We're your servants. We're to help you. To help you obtain. Don't you know that all, all running a race but only one winneth the prize. Therefore run that you may obtain. And that prize is the high calling of God in Christ Jesus, which are king, priest, unto the Lord our God. And we will reign in the earth with the Lord a thousand years during the millennium. Well, what happened to that one servant that he said was slowful? He called him wicked. That slowful and wicked servant, he said he casts it, he said, take that one talent that he has and give it to him that hath ten talents. He said, Lord, he has ten talents. He's already got ten. He said, yes, to him that hath shall be given. He'll have the more. But him that hath not will be taken away even that which he has. So it's not just, well, I go and do the best I can. No, it is obedience to the word of God. You're only sealed through the obedience to the word of God through that Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost will say, Jesus said, will speak of me and show you things that will come to pass. And that is the words of the book of this prophecy in Revelation 1 verse 1. That's where we are now. We're not in Pentecost. We're in the season of trumpets, the ministry voice of Jesus. And God is saying, wake up, thou that sleepest, you drunkards and how." Drunk on what? The wine of uh, the mystery Babylon's fornication. Saying that everybody's going to heaven. There's many different ways, many different streets and roads, but everybody's going to heaven because God is love. Friend, you need to read the word of God. That is just not the case. Only the ones that are obedient, only the ones that overcome to the end will be saved. Those that endure to the end will be saved. Well, we'll reap if we faint not. But the race is still, the race is not just who starts the race, it's who runs it and overcomes and obtains the prize in the end. And there's only one, one body of Christ. Don't you know that all runs in this race? But only one winneth the prize. That one is when he gathers all things together in one in Christ Jesus. And that's where we are now. God is... uh, Reckoning with his servants right now. How do we stack up? Where are we in the word? And that's what we here at our ministry are doing for you. That wicked servant, he said, cast him out into outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Somebody said, well, where's the love? The love is God has given that gift. It was freely given. And whatever your call is, He has given you the ability to do it. They are different. There are many different ministrations, ministries in the body of Christ. Everyone is a member in particular and has a ministry, not just to go to church and listen to a pastor or a prophet or an apostle or bishop or whatever the case may be. You have as an individual member in the body of Christ, a distinct call upon your life. You're a member in particular, which is compacted together. They have a part of the body of Christ, compacted 
compacted together, fitly framed together, whichever joint supplies. Well, you have to have a bone joining to this bone. There, the body of Christ coming together in one, in the unity of the faith, and that whichever joint supplies to the edifying of itself, edifying of itself, building up of itself in love. That happens in and through the supply of the Spirit through the body of Christ edifying one another, the edifying of itself, building up itself in love through the Holy Ghost. And that wicked servant that did not do the will we find in Matthew 7. And Jesus said in the in the constitution of the kingdom of heaven, the bylaws of the kingdom of heaven, what it takes to make the kingdom of heaven. He said in Matthew 7, not all that say to me, Lord, Lord, will be able to enter in. Then they will begin to profess unto Jesus, Lord, we've cast out devils. We've done many wonderful works in your name. And we've prophesied in your name. The Lord didn't say, no, you didn't. They did. They did run well. But he said, depart from me. I never knew you. I never knew you. For you did not do the will of God. And he used that word iniquity. Depart from me, you that work iniquity. Iniquity is lawlessness. It's not being led of the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God said, here's the way, walk you in it. But we say, no, God, I have to do this. Cares of this world, deceitfulness of riches, pleasures of this world. In a word, chokes the word. It becomes unfruitful. Or tribulation, persecution arises for the word's sake, of which all that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. You're not only called to believe on Jesus, but also to suffer with him, that the life of the Lord Jesus may be manifest through our mortal bodies. And you say, well, by and by they are offended. There either of these cares of the world. Many of their think of the gain is godliness. Tribulation, persecution, rights for the word's sake. Many things that can knock a person, a believer, out of not receiving that reward. There, Jesus said, and all of us say to me, Lord, Lord. Well, you can't call him Lord except by the Holy Ghost. There, well, they were believers. So as we talked about in the previous podcast, we have to go on unto perfection. The first are newborn babes. They desire the sincere milk of the word that they may grow thereby. But these babes, Hebrews 5, are unskillful in the word of righteousness. Then, not to be redundant, but to going on, then it says, now from babes you go to little children. Well, little children, I write to you little children, 1 John 2, 12 through 14, specifying the different levels of growth, the different levels of sealing, the different levels of glory. He said, I write to you little children because your sins are forgiven for his name's sake. You've been born of the water and the spirit. And you have known the Father. You know that Jesus is the Father of glory. Well, that's certainly not full grown yet, but they are little children. They've, come, they've grown from babies to little children. But Paul said, when I was a child, not a baby, when I was a child, this makes us a child, understood as a child. 
But when I became a man, I put away childish things. So the next level of growth is where we're at now. It's overcomers. It's young men. I write to you young men because the word of God is strong in you. And you've overcome the wicked one. You're an overcomer. In Revelation, the second and third chapter, it talks about to him that overcometh. And Jesus speaks to each church. That's the voice of the Lord. The time is coming and now is when those that hear the voice of the Son of God shall live. We have to hear it. But there's many things that drown it out in the world. The cares of this world. Deceitfulness of riches. The pleasures of this world. The tribulation and persecution arises for the word's sake. By and by they become offended and bring no forth no fruits unto perfection. We as a body of Christ have to grow up into him in all things and follow peace with all men and with and without holiness and holiness without which well what is holiness holiness is the divine nature of God it's not ours it's God his divine nature and Hebrews tells us follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord Well, how do we get that fruits of holiness? Well, it says in Romans 6, Whosoever you yield your members as servants to obey, him are the servants to whom you obey. Where we were the servants of sin, now we're servants unto righteousness. God expects not works of the flesh, not works of the law, but the works that accompany salvation. And that's one of the biggest lies that the body of Christ has has believed is that we don't do any works. And each thing, in each of the overcomers, it's all works that accompany salvation. Notice that in Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamon, Thyatira, Sardius, Philadelphia, Laodicea, the first thing the Lord says, I know thy works. The Sardis church, there in Revelation 3, he said, I have not found your works unto perfection. The Lord wasn't satisfied. He's reckoning with his servants, with the church. And he said to the church at Ephesus, if you do not repent and do your first works over in your mechanical worship, I'll come and remove the candlestick out of its place. Oh my, that's a serious, serious thing. Each of the overcomers have to come in from what they call as little children that we know that Jesus is the Father. We've been in that Pentecostal realm, but there's been a long time from the Feast of Weeks until the season of Tabernacles and the Feast of Trumpets. A long time passes. And during that time, the Lord is, kingdom of heaven is likened to a man that went on a long journey, but gave goods unto his servants. That's us. We find in Matthew 25 that there were 10 virgins. All were virgins. They were in the church. All the ones in Matthew 7 that call him Lord, Lord. They were in the church. They knew that he is the Father of glory. They called him the Lord Jehovah. 
Not all that say to me, Lord, Lord, Jehovah God Almighty, the Father of glory. Not all will be able to enter in. Well, then, these are the ones working in the Holy Ghost. They cast out devils in his name, prophesied in his name, did many wonderful works in his name. Yet, they failed as an overcomer. They did not do the will of God. Now, the question is, what is the will of God? First thing, we have to know the times and seasons is how we eat the flesh of Jesus and drink his blood. And there's seven feasts of the Lord or seven divine appointments of God with man. We've had the first four. Now we're in that season of trumpets, feast of trumpets. We're in a total different season. We're not in a season of Pentecost. We're in the season of tabernacles. In the season of Pentecostal, in the Pentecost, we were Pentecostals. But he expects us to grow up into him in all things, the things of faith. And that is not Pentecostal faith anymore. We don't, we don't forget it. It's, it's just leaving therefore. These are true. But we don't just preach baptisms. We don't preach just the doctrine of laying on the hands. Repentance toward God. Many churches, that's all they re- preach is repentance toward God, faith toward God, and repentance from dead works. And Hebrews 6, but he said, let us go on. He didn't say forget them, he said leave them, therefore. Let us go on to perfection. Where are we going? Well, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ and to a perfect man. Does he expect that? Well, from who he did foreknow, them he did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son. That he must be, that Jesus himself might be the firstborn among many brethren. And those that he predestinated, them he called. Well, we know many are called, but few chosen. And them that he called, he justified. That is by faith. Justification by faith. Well, what happens if we don't exercise that faith? We become a slothful servant. What happens to the slothful servant? That is at ease in Zion, complacent, not pressing toward the mark. He said, well, be unto them that are at ease in Zion. He cast that wicked servant because he was slothful in the outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth, thinking that we're right with God, we're doing the will of God, and yet we don't go on into the word, hearing for the time to come. Oh, that they were wise, that they would understand their latter end. And that's why he has a five-fold ministry for the perfecting of the saints until we come into that work, that work of the ministry. It's for the edifying of the body of Christ. To the unity of the faith. There'll be one faith then. Through the work of the ministry, through Jesus himself, gathering all things together in one in him. And that's where we're at. Well, now what is it? What is this work of the ministry? What do we have to know? Just as uh, Jesus said to that, that one over there, depart from me, you that work on iniquity. I never knew you because you did not, for you did not do the will of my father, which is in heaven. How do you know the will of God? Well, Romans 12, verse 1 tells us exactly how to do the will of God. And that is, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, not of anything of us, by his mercies, 
that we present our bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is our reasonable service. That's virtue. Adding to our faith virtue. Virtue knowledge. How do we get that knowledge? That holy and acceptable to God, which is our reasonable service. Servants. Service. That what? That you be not conformed to this world, but be yet transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now that mind is what we're going to have. That sealing of God in our foreheads. That's the mind of Christ. It's doing the will of God. And only the overcomers that go from young men to fathers will be the ones sealed in Revelation 7 so that they can stand through the judgments upon the earth at that time. Somebody said, well, I was told we're raptured out of there. No, you're not. Revelation 4.1 is not the rapture. That's a door opener to John. He's seeing things that will come to pass hereafter. And what is it? It's the voice of a trumpet. That trumpet is where we are there. Now notice in Revelation 4.1, and we will break down each of the 22 chapters of the Revelation that it is braced upon a Hebraic ABCDRE design. Psalm 119 is the longest chapter in the whole Word of God in your Bible. And each one goes from the Aloph, eight verses. Beth, eight verses. Eight's a new beginning. It's a new thing. And to qualify and obtain and be presented blameless at the coming of the Lord, both spirit, soul, and body, we have to be obedient unto righteousness, which will yield the principal fruits of holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. It's imperative, it's urgent that we hear the words of the book of this prophecy and obey them, and we will be blessed. And the overcomer is and knows the will of God and does it, not just to hear the word, but a doer of the word. But how does he know or she know what is the will of God? Well, there's an individual will for you. And that individual will is your quest for life. It's not something you get in one day or one hour or one week or even one year. It's a quest for your life. Constantly growing up into him and in all things, line upon line, line upon line, precept upon precept, precept upon precept, here a little, there a little. But to the ones that are disobedient, these are for a snare, a rock of offense. And they fall back and they're ensnared. But not us believers. Because we're going to present our bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is our reasonable service. And we're not being conformed to this world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. We don't love the world. We're not after the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches that many have erred, thinking to gain his godliness. Our pleasures is of life. Pleasures, uh, they're pleasures there, more than than lovers of God, lovers of pleasures, more than lovers of God, heady, high-minded, truce breakers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. We're not of that much. We're not of that world. We're in the world, but we're not of the world. And any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. And all that is of the world, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, and the lust of the flesh, and the world passes away with the lust thereof. But whosoever doeth the will of God, the, the, the key there is doing the will of God. Now, what is the will of God? That we shall abide forever. 
And that is imperative that we know the will of God. Not being conformed to this world, back to Romans 12, 1, not being conformed to this world, but being transformed by the renewing of your mind. There's that mindset, Jesus' mind, that the mindset of Jesus, that this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God's spirit, thought it not Robert be with God, and all the attributes of God are equal. Nobody's equal with God except God himself. Jesus is that spirit, but he made himself of no reputation. That's humility, humbled himself, and took on the form of a servant. Made in the likeness of men, being found in fashion as a man. Humble himself. It's all humility. God's looking for those that are broken of an and of a contrite spirit. To that man will he look. And those are the ones that will be obedient unto righteousness. Bringing forth the fruits of holiness. These exceedingly great and precious promises are given to each of us that we can escape the corruption of the world through lust, that we might be made partakers of his divine nature. That's holiness. Now, not conform to this world, but get transformed by the renewing of your mind. For what purpose? So we'll know the will of God. That you may prove, that you may know, beyond any shadow of a doubt, what is that purpose and calling of God for you individually is that you can make full full proof of your ministry making your calling and election sure abiding in the calling wherein you're called somebody said I don't know what my calling is I don't know the voice of God well now the time simply seek God and say Lord I'm seeking you and do it diligently with all your heart and get in the word of God and somebody said, well, I work 18 hours a day. Well, uh, pray without ceasing. And seeking the Lord to have a prayerful uh, spirit. Set your mind on him. And as you seek God with all your heart, you're going to find him. He's going to show you the perfect will of God. In the sovereignty of God, he's going to place you where he wants you. But it's only through obedience that you do this. Every member in the body of Christ has a a will of God to do. That only you can do. Just like Jonah. Rise, go to Nineveh, prophesy against it. Him, he jumped a ship of Tarshish. He ran from the Lord. The Lord didn't say, okay, I'll just get somebody else. Then we know he was on a ship and uh, the waves become tumultuous. It was a, they threw the lot. It fell on Jonah. They threw him overboard. He caused a great fish. In the belly of hell, he lifted up his eyes and prayed. And then, of course, the fish there vomited him out on the shore. And the word of the Lord came again to Jonah, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh. And God is dealing with you over and over again to do the will of God a specific will that only you can do in the body of Christ that are called, chosen, and faithful in that calling. And we know it by the word of God. As you seek the word of God, your body uh, presented blameless on that altar, holy and blameless, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, 
transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God for you is. And when you do that, then that body's coming together. That's where we are right now. Now, what is that ministry voice of Jesus? What is that work of the ministry? And we're going to talk a little bit about it there. I'm going to whet your appetite. Tune in to the podcast as we get into the depth of a radical, radical change. Not revival anymore, but a new thing. Not Pentecostals anymore, but tabernacleists. A higher glory that so radical a change that those that do not know the work of the ministry and the will of God for their lives will say, it is not God. It is not he. This is not the Lord. And they will literally come against the working of God in the last days in that season of tabernacles, holding on to the old things, thinking they're right and literally find themselves fighting against God. Now, the Lord said, I forewarned you that you should not be offended. They're going to, they're going to be kicking you out of synagogues, out of churches. Yea, the time cometh that whosoever killeth you will think he did God a service. This they will do unto you because they have not known the Father nor me. They don't know that Jesus is the Father of glory. And it will become such a radical spirit, a, a, a spirit of hate and murder, that they will literally destroy and try to kill each member of the body of Christ. You'll be hated of all nations for his name's sake. Some of you will be put to death, he says. Be you faithful unto death, I'll give you a crown of life. What is that will of God? When you know that will of God and you receive it through the word of God, he will show it to you. As members in particular, showing the more abundant honor on the less comely parts, there'd be no chism in the body. That body fitly framed together according to the will of God. For God worketh in you, both the will and do of his good pleasure. Now we're going to see in Hebrews 9, verse 1 through 5, that Paul is talking about this worldly sanctuary that has a divine service. And in verse 5, he's going to talk about the cherubim. What about the cherubim? Somebody said, well, those are angels. I don't concern myself with them. They're not angels. They're the living creatures, Zoe. They are the living creatures that are the redeemed of the Lord in Revelation 4 and Revelation 5 that John sees in the throne room. There's four and 20 seats in heaven. That's the seats where we're seated together in heavenly places in Christ. That is... uh, what he wrought to usward, what he wrought to usward when he set, S-E-T, as Jesus at his own right hand in the heavenly, in the heavenly places. Jesus, I prepare a place for you. Well, where did you go, Jesus? Somebody said, well, he's still there, the right hand. Well, the right hand is not, it, it is not Kyre, a physical right hand. Being, you know, God is everywhere, going to heaven, I'm there, going to hell, I'm there, he's omnipresent. Well, then where's the right hand of God? Where's the longitude and latitude? It's not car, it's not a physical right hand, it's dexios, D-E-X-I-O-S. It means a place of elevation, a place of uh, uh, literally uh, glorification, exalted, promoted, dexios. 
It simply means that Jesus, all power in heaven and earth, is given unto him, Matthew 28, 18. That's next house, right hand of God. But there he said that him that overcometh, Revelation 3.21, will I grant to sit, S-I-T, sit with me in my throne. That's the place he's prepared for us. That's for the overcomer. Not for the child, little children, or the baby, but the overcomer. That we have overcome the world, the devil, and our own flesh. We've crucified the flesh with the affections and the lust. We have endured until the end. We are those overcomers in the second and third chapter of the Revelation. That's us, the body of Christ that overcome. That place is on the right hand of God. That's for us. Where did you go, Jesus? Even as I overcame and am set, S-E-T, a former state of glory, that he's always been God, always will be God. Even as I overcame, where'd you go, Jesus? Even as I overcame and I am set, S-E-T, down with my father in his throne, not beside it, not around it. The Lord is that spirit. That spirit of the son is the only way that we can have relationship and be sons and daughters of God. Galatians 4, 6, God has sent forth the spirit of his son. And that's a capital S. Into our hearts whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Now, what is the work then? How do we get there as overcomers? That we were seated together in heavenly places now. But in overcome, we're going to be given a broad there to rule the nations. And as a vessel of a potter, shall they be beaten to shivers. They each of him that overcometh. I'm, he's, we're going to get the morning star. He's going to set the overcomers over the nations during the millennial. Some will rule over five cities, some over ten cities. Uh, the sons of Zadok, of righteous, some will minister to the Lord in the, in the temple. As long as there's a temple, there's still more glory to be revealed until the final consummation and uh, uh, where there is no need of a temple. Therefore, the Lord God and the Lamb are the light and there's no need of a temple. But until then, we're growing. Notice there that in Revelation, in the second and third chapter, he talks about a higher glory, hidden manna. Well, we've got to know what the hidden manna is and we've got to eat it. He gives us a white stone to the overcomers at Pergamon. A white stone wherein is a new name, Kainos, a new name that only he knows that receives it. Well, it's a higher glory. So in Revelation 19.10, here is what we're pressing toward the mark for. In Revelation 19.10, John sees a man. John, if anybody knew the Lord, John knew him. John the Revelator. The Apostle John wrote the Gospel according to John, wrote three epistles and the book of the Revelation. John sees this man and bows down to worship him. He knows that this is the Lord. And the man says unto him, See that thou doest it not. I am of thy fellow servants and of thy brethren that have 
the testimony of Jesus. I have something that the others, the other members in the body of Christ, the other virgins that don't have enough oil in their lamp, but I'm of those virgins that have enough oil in the lamp. I am the ones that have uh, the five talents and two talents, and I have received more. I am that overcomer. I am that one that's sealed. I am that one that has the testimony of Jesus. Worship God. Not me, worship God. For the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Notice that's a small s. He that's joined to the Lord is one spirit. Becoming one with the Lord God Almighty in purpose, mindset, and everything you do in the will of God, pleasing to the Lord your God, not doing your own will, but the will of God. That is that Revelation 19.10, man, which is the church of the living God that hath gone to a higher glory. Not Pentecostals, tabernacleists. Not just partaking of four feasts, but going on with all seven feasts of the Lord. Eating the flesh of Jesus and drinking his blood. How did they do it? We're noticing that in Revelation 4, many people teach that that's the rapture. No, it's not. It's the ministry voice of Jesus. Notice that John said there was a door open in heaven. It's the fourth chapter. Uh, there in the Daleth, in the Hebrew area is the Daleth, the door. And right according to the Hebraic, Hebraic design, Daleth, fourth chapter, is door. And there was a door open in heaven. And a voice, as of a trumpet, talking with John. Is he hearing the ministry voice? Yes, he is. Is it in is it in Pentecost? No, it's in Tabernacles in the Feast of Trumpets. A voice of a trumpet talking with me, saying, "Come up hither." Are you raptured? No. Is that caught up? Come up hither. I'm showing you things in the throne room, in the work of the ministry. What you're called for, and this is for all servants to know those things which must shortly come to pass. Revelation 1 verse 1. It's the work of the ministry. Well, John said, that voice of a trumpet talking to me, saying, come up hither, and I will show you things. It's a revelation. I'll show you things. What are things? Faith is the substance of things so far. The evidence of things not seen. It's the faith that was once delivered to the saints right there in Revelation 4, verse 1. And he's given it to you, servants of God. Freely given it. And we've been lied to saying that's a rapture. It's not a rapture. That's the ministry voice of Jesus. That's the work of the ministry. That's what we're called for. That's calling for that pressing toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. What is it? Four and twenty seats in heaven. Well, I prepare a place for you. There's four and twenty seats. How many in the priesthood? Four and twenty uh, uh, priests there every hour of the day. And I saw four and twenty. What is that? Elders. 
and four beasts, four living creatures, four Zoe, Z-O-E, lion, man, calf, and eagle, which are exactly the same as the cherubim of glory in Ezekiel 1 and Ezekiel 10 by the living creatures, which these are living creatures, the same that Ezekiel saw by the river Kibar when he saw visions of God. And that's not the rapture. Don't let anybody overthrow you on the work of the ministry there. Well, they have good points. Well, that's all fine and good. It's just simply a lie. Because it says there in Matthew 28, 28 19, go into all the world, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever commanded you, baptizing them in the name, singular, of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, in the name Jesus Christ. Baptize in the name of the Father, of the Son, and the Holy Ghost, and along with you always. How long are you with us, Jesus? Even unto the end of the world. The end of it. Not seven years before. To the end of the world. Matthew 24, verse 31. Immediately after the tribulation of those days. Somebody said, that's just general, general tribulation. No, it's not. That's Matthew 24, Mark 13, Luke 21. And it says... Pray that your flight be not on the winter, neither on the Sabbath days, for then shall be a time of great tribulation. Is this a great tribulation? Yes. That's ever since there was a nation, neither shall ever be again. That is the great tribulation. And immediately after the tribulation of those days shall the sign of the Son of Man appear in heaven. That's when he sends forth his angels and gathers together his elect. The elect is not natural Israel. The elect is the church, the ecclesia, the called out ones. And it's an, it's an election according to grace. Therefore, we know that he is, John is giving us these things of faith, which is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And he said, earnestly contend for the faith that was once delivered to the saints. What is that? Revelation 4.1. There's a voice of a trumpet talking. We're in the Feast of Trumpets. It's a door open in heaven. Daleth. That's a fourth Hebrew letter. It has a number four. It means door. And therefore, going by the Hebraic design, John said there was a door open in heaven. And a voice of a trumpet talking with me. That's a ministry voice of Jesus. The one talking with him is a ministry voice of Jesus. Showing him things that must shortly come to pass. Voice of a trumpet talking with me saying, come up hither and I will show you things that will come to pass hereafter. And we, get, we, we are put into the throne room. Well, that's a higher glory than the sanctuary, the holy place, because now we're within the veil. And we're going to see within that veil the work, the work of the cherubim, which is a work of a barrel stone. That barrel stone is a work of judgment. It's bringing the word of God to all nations for a witness in all nations. And then the end will come. Those Four living creatures, the Zoe, lion, man, calf, and eagle, 
we'll see in Revelation 5 that the four and 20 elders and the four beasts sing a new song. And we see they sing the song of the redeemed. They're the redeemed. They're not angels. God didn't redeem the angels. They left their first estate. They're held in everlasting chains of uh, there, uh, bound in those everlasting chains under darkness until the day of the Lord. The cherubim there are not angels. They are the body of Christ that have come and uh, a higher glory. They have something that the others don't have. The testimony of Jesus, which is the spirit of prophecy, small s. Knowing those things that are coming upon the earth to try the earth, oh, that they were wise, that they would understand their letter end and consider these things. That's what we're called to do here for you. The pop of the rag, shine your shoes as servants to the Lord God, for we can all be obedient unto righteousness. Bring forth fruits unto holiness. Only through the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, then what are these cherubim? And uh, that's what we'll get into. Notice in Hebrews 9, 5, it states, over it, that is, uh, uh, they take a look at verse 4, the golden censer, the ark of the covenant overlaid round about with gold, uh, that is, wherein was the golden pot that had manna. Now, remember, there's three things in that ark of the covenant. We have the tables of stone, we have Aaron's rod that budded and brought forth almonds. Almonds, Luz, Luz, Bethel. It means the priesthood. Aaron, that he's chosen for the priesthood. And we have that manna, that pot, that golden pot of manna. Manna, what is it? When the children of Israel saw it, they said, manna, manna, what is it? Jesus said, that bread that fell from heaven, that your fathers did eat and are dead. I am that living bread that came down from heaven. Not as that, not as that manna from heaven that your fathers did eat and are dead. I am that living bread. And that's what we're to eat the flesh of Jesus and drink his blood in all seven feasts. And we're leaving the feast of Pentecost to the feast there in trumpets. That ministry voice of Jesus, a voice of a trumpet talking with us. Do we hear it? The cares of this life and the deceitfulness of riches will drown that voice out. But the voice of the Lord is speaking now. Somebody said, well, I, I, I don't hear that. Well, he speaks to your spirit, not to your physical ears. But any man have an ear, an ear to hear. Let him hear what the spirit is saying to the churches. That ear is an ear to your spirit. Paul was talking about this, trying to get this over in Hebrews 5 and talking about this king priesthood ministry that we are called for. And he said, these things are hard to be uttered, seeing that you're dull of hearing. But when you need to be teachers, you ought to be teachers. You have need again to be first taught again the first principles of the oracles of God. I can't talk to you because you don't have a spiritual ear to hear. It's hard to be uttered. Seeing you're dull of hearing. You don't have an ear. You're dull of hearing because the care of this life, deceitful and of riches. You're, you're not hungry for the word. You're not 
hungering and thirsting after righteousness. You've got something you've got to do. Hunger and thirst after righteousness. You have to set your affections on the things above, not on the things beneath. And when you do it, opens up another realm. Not a Pentecostal realm. A tabernacle realm in the Feast of Trumpets. And he's going to show you that work of these cherubim. Notice he said there in verse 5, And the cherubim of glory shadowing the mercy seat of which we cannot now speak particularly. Why couldn't Paul speak particularly about those cherubim that were shadowing and overshadowing the mercy seat? Because it's a work of the ministry in the last days that God dwells between those cherubim. It is the chariot of God. It is the bedchamber of Solomon in the Song of Solomon. And we're going to see these great truths as you tune into these podcasts. Know that we are going now into tabernacleist, not Pentecostal. It's a higher glory. All you have to do, the light is not shining in Pentecost. It's still truth. He didn't say forget it, he said leave it. The light is now shining in a different, total different season. The path of the just is as a shining light that shineth more and more. Well, we've been in Pentecost for over 2,000 years, two days. Now we're in the third day. And that's where we're going to see some great truths. We're going to see the work of the cherubim on the cedar work. They're on the walls of the most holy place. We're going to see palm trees. We're going to see flowers fully open. And we're going to see cherubim of glory on those walls in an engraven work, which is a ceiling and an engraving of an engraver, engraving of a signet, of a sign. We'll cover these things in detail. But set your heart to know the Lord Jesus, to know the time that the Lord is uh, now has us in, in truth. The real Jesus and the proceeding word of God, the throne room revelation of Jesus Christ. Not for babies, not just little children, but for now young men overcomers that we will overcome by believing these great truths and knowing the things uh, that are coming to pass upon the earth where we are now. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, who is that? 1 Timothy 6.15, Jesus Christ, the blessed and only potentate, omnipotent, almighty, omniscient, omnipresent God. Who is that? Jesus Christ. Who only hath immortality, dwelling in that light, which no man can approach unto, nor see, nor can see. That's the light that we're now in, which is not just repentance from dead works, faith toward God, doctrine of baptisms, laying on the hands, resurrection, eternal judgment. This will we do if God permit. Let us go into perfection for the perfecting of the saints. 
at Ephesians 4.12, what you are called for, for the work of the ministry. Tune in. We're getting into the work of the ministry. That light that is now shining, not in Pentecost, not in the first four feasts, in the season of Passover and in the season of Pentecost, but now in the season of Tabernacles. Not Pentecostal, but Tabernacles. That's what you're called for. Don't let anybody, don't let anybody tell you different. Seek God. He will show you. When you seek for him with all your heart, there's more to come and you are a part of it. Give us a call. Let us hear from you. This is Sealing God's People. We're simply here for you, servants to the body of Christ. Praise God, neighbor. We want to invite you and literally encourage you to give us a call for, as you can see on your screen, we are set up to do an outreach and evangelizing the Jesus-only doctrine of Christ for the sealing of God's people here in the last days. You'll see that we have a tractor-trailer rig, and on that rig is a tent, a gospel tent, that will seat up to 3,000 people. Now, don't let that discourage you because it can be set up to where it will be uh, a tent size for 300 people or 500 or 1,000 or up to 3,000. We have the instruments, we have the chairs, we have the gospel tent that if you would like a gospel tent meeting in your area where we can do social distancing, setting the chairs eight feet apart, not six, but eight feet apart, several rows, and still get in over 1,500 people in social distancing. We can bring it to your area if you would like to hear that Jesus' only doctrine of Christ, the sealing of God's people, where we are now in prophecy and eschatology in that last day work of the ministry give us a call that is Dennis Beard at DennisBeard.org that's our website www.DennisBeard.org or SealingGodsPeople.org and let us hear from you we'd like to talk to you and we can talk about where you would like to have a tent revival or maybe you would like just to say, well, Brother Beard, come to the church. Bring this to the meeting at the church. We'd love to hear from you. Well, let us hear from you. Give us a call. The number's on the screen. You'll see we have our own motorhome. We can drive to you anywhere in the United States. There also with the tent, with the tractor-trailer rig, and our team of ministers that we bring there to your town, your city, to your state. So if the Lord deals with you, don't hesitate. Give us a call. We'd love to hear from you. If you'd like to have a gospel tent meeting or meet there and have a meeting in a meeting room or your church. Give us a call. Contact us at dinnerspirit.org, sealinggodspeople.org, and we'd love to hear from you. Let's talk. Let's meet. The body of Christ is coming together greater than it ever has before in the work of the ministry in the unity of the faith, in the knowledge of the Son. Until the next time, this is Brother Dennis Beard saying, Behold, the real Jesus.